This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Edge of Innovation. I'm Steve Miller, filling in for Jacob Young, and I'm here with Paul Parisi. Hello, Paul. Today we have a fascinating news story uh, happened quite recently. Data from a man's pacemaker showed that he committed arson. Uh, Paul, would you like to enlighten us more on what happened here? Sure. So first of all, we're going to talk a little bit about privacy and what that is and what you might perceive it to be. Um, we have a preoccupation with privacy in this world. There seems to be a differentiation between the young people who don't seem to care about privacy at all. They'll put anything they can think of on Facebook or Snapchat. Or Hang on, can you stop for a second? I'm taking a picture here of the two of us to uh, to put on Facebook real quick. But no, I'm not. I'm making a joke. Sorry. Uh, 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 <laughs> um, so you know, you'll put it on the Twitter or uh, whatever it be. The Twitter. The Twitter. The Snapchat. The uh, and and you'll very fluidly share that. And the older people among us are like. Never do that. I don't want them to see what I'm doing and all those different things. So there has been a perception of this thing called privacy. And you know what's interesting that struck me? Privacy is a complete illusion. Um, hmm. You can have it uh, or think you have it, but the minute the law gets involved or a hacker gets motivated, a law with a, with a warrant uh, or a hacker with a vengeance, uh, can discover just about anything they want about you. And so this preoccupation with privacy, I think we think it means stuff won't be used against us in a bad way. And that's just not true. Yeah. Uh, that is not true at all. Uh, you know, the, the HIPAA laws are fascinating, and they make things um, somewhat difficult to communicate medical information for us, for the users of medical aid, for the, for the patient, I guess mm. I would say. But the minute you go and sign up for an insurance policy, you sign a document that says they have complete access to all of your HIPAA information. So well, what's the point of protecting that? Because you might say, well, gee, I had this illness and I took this medication that can cause these effects 20 years later. Uh, and so now this insurance company, I know a person that's gone through, they took a certain medication and they will not be able to get insurance from this, from a life insurance company. Hmm. Because they did the, the release of records and they got that and they looked at it and they said, well, no, you've taken this, we're not going to insure you. Wow. Hmm. Well, I thought my stuff was private. Yeah. Well, it, it was protected from casual observation. That's really what HIPAA does, is it makes it so that I can't walk into an office and pick up a file and shoulder surf and just see that you have this disease. Right. That still happens, but I mean, that's, you know, th th there's at least procedures and policies in place that sort of try to protect that. But the point is, is that in most cases where you have information that is stored in some system, you willingly give it up yeah. because you want the, the automobile license. You want the health insurance or the life insurance. So you waive the rights to that privacy. So then we come into the area of unintended consequences, sort of like 
I have a pacemaker, let's say, because this man did. Yeah. And his house burned down. And he claimed that he had to rush and get all of his stuff out to the front lawn so it wouldn't burn. Because when the fire department got there, all of his stuff was outside. Mm-hmm. So the, the police, thinking about this, said, hmm, well, his pacemaker should show big, vigorous activity. Right. During the time that he's claiming. So they subpoenaed that. Again, private information. Yeah, seriously. Says, yeah, well, this is a, a lawbreaker potentially here. It's reasonable. We'll subpoena it. And it showed that he wasn't at all vigorous activity. Wow. Which doesn't show him lighting the match, but it shows that his story is inaccurate. And yeah. How in the world did this happen? So that was private information. Very private. In, in our in our worldview, in the way we interface, we think that that health information should be private. Well, the minute the police ask the question and have the motivation for a judge to say, yeah, it's reasonable to look at that, that private stuff doesn't become private anymore. So if you're accused of assaulting somebody and the police come up and say, well, we, we think that there's something in his Facebook feed that would say that he, that confirms this, well, that's not private anymore. Yeah. So it's only private when it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, and I think the the, the idea, because everybody's going to stop and say, well, no, that's not what we mean. What you're saying when you say privacy is I don't want someone to use my information inappropriately, somebody in power. So we don't want the government saying everybody that likes uh, ducks is going to be euthanized. Right. So that's, that's an absurd statement, but that's what we don't want. So we don't want to take your private information. That you're on Ducks Unlimited, and you, you, you subscribe to them, and you do all this different stuff, or whatever it might be. You like Star Trek, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to get rid of all those Star Trek people. Well, they'd have to have a lot of authority to do that, and they can probably breach the privacy thing by getting the judge to say, you know, we know that Star Trek people are just fundamentally evil. We're going to hurt society. <laughs> yeah. And says, you're right, so let's go to Facebook and get all the Star Trek people and round them up. Yeah. So it's fundamentally what we're saying is that privacy is the concept that I don't want somebody that's going to do something I perceive as bad to have access to information that will motivate them to do that. Hmm. And that's just not the case. I mean, there's hackers out there who can do whatever they want and get whatever information they want. Now, there's also the other side of it is that you, uh, most people, are a leaf in a stream, and there's lots of leaves in that stream. Yep. So the the idea that I am going to be the one shining star that somebody's going to focus on and pick out, mm-hmm. that's a different type of privacy. They might be able to see that and say, well, I've got Paul's credit card. I'm going to go out and spend money on it, which has happened. So hmm. how did – I don't believe I was deliberately targeted, but I was in one of the many data breaches that were out there. Right. Well, but to come at this – with the fundamental assumption that something is private is just not the case. Yeah. And the motivation for who wants to use that information uh, to do something, uh, especially somebody in authority that has access to information, such as the government, privacy doesn't stop there. This concept of privacy doesn't stop there. 
Right. You know, it's interesting. So you pointed out this story to me, and you were just amazed with it. You pointed it out to me, the implications of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I went and I searched for more news articles on it. I'm like, there must be some, you know, tech journalist that's had some hot take on this of, oh, can you believe we're in the future of tracking heart rates to, you know, minority report kind of stuff Mm -hmm. at this point. And this is literally the only article out there about this. There's no other news report. Um this is it. And what do you th- why do you think that this kind of stuff isn't really catching people's attention uh, even though it has significant implications? Well, I think first of all law enforcement doesn't understand all of the data at hand mm. necessarily. Uh, but I think that more so the media doesn't understand what law enforcement understands or doesn't understand <laughs> about the media at hand. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really just that. It's ignorance. Uh, and I think as, I mean, to me, what I, I read and I see things, and the ones I tweet about are like, wow, that's interesting. This is a paradigm shift here. This is something that really hasn't happened. We are looking at latent information that we leave. You know, as we walk around, we just leave information everywhere. Right. And somebody was smart enough to, to realize that this guy had left this information and it could be used to judge the veracity of his story. Hmm. And that's profound because we don't think about the things we're looking at. But immediately we're thinking, well, it's private. And so that gives me a license to do this. But man, location tracking and yeah. facial recognition and all these different things. Now, you know, facial recognition, is, it's a little bit of a misnomer because you wouldn't necessarily do that. But if I get a, a GPS location on you or two of them, I can now look at all these cameras between those two locations mm-hmm. and track you relatively easily. Yeah. Especially if I'm law enforcement. Yes. I mean, it might be a lot of work, but it's you know, it's because I have to go and get the video feed from this company or from this company or from whatever. So it's a lot of legwork, but it's not that difficult. Yeah. So I can, so you say, well, I'm not going to carry a phone. Well, that's almost impossible nowadays. Say, well, I don't have a smartphone. Well, but the cell towers are tracking where you are and yep. we can triangulate that. Okay, so I'm not going to carry a phone. Well, if you use a credit card, every time you use a credit card, there it is. I've got you. And unless you wear a bag over your head, I can look at the videos and say, yep, Steve was here. Yep, now he was here. And that's when the robbery occurred. So I've got some some plausible things here that I can investigate. Yeah. And there was he stole $1,000 and there was $1,000 put into his bank account. Hmm, what's going on? Yeah. Do you have an alibi? Yeah. So... <laughs> It's my friend's $1,000, yeah. And I do think that, you know, it's not unreasonable to have somebody um, put these facts into databases about people Mm. and to make it look and appear like you've done these bad things. Uh, That's very hard um, to overcome. Yeah. You know, if somebody had it out for you and said, yeah, I'm going to do all these things and put you at these different places because you can spoof uh, you know, location, GPS location, yep. stuff like that. So it could very well be that it appears that I'm right now in New York City at this place where there's a holdup going on. Right. Uh, but I'm not, you know, and that's going to be really hard. You know, so it'll be yeah. very interesting to see what happens with this. And you've got generally normal, ordinary people that are going to judge this data on this pacemaker. And it doesn't add up. Well, you, you didn't do that, you know. So, hmm, you weren't stressed out that day uh, of the fire. Well, why wouldn't you even get a higher heart rate when you see your house burning down? 
Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so the um, I think it's fascinating. I think it's absolutely fascinating. You're right. These things haven't happened a lot, but they're going to happen more and more. Mm. What do you um, do? You think there's anything the average person can do about this? Is there or any way to counteract any of this? Or well, one might like to say, I want to opt out. You know, I want to be right. out of this, so I don't want to have a phone. I don't want to have this. I'm only going to use cash. Uh, and those are help. pretty big steps, though. Those are huge steps. Yeah, yeah. Pretty big sacrifice. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that you know, you have a Netflix subscription. You go home and you turn it on and you watch TV. Okay, well, it could have been somebody else watching TV at that time, but you know, and so there's there's just so much data. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's a way to close the door here. Hmm. Uh, we give up so much for what we and what we feel is innocuous. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. I'm going to give Google this. I'm going to give Google this. But the amount of information that we can um, discern from what Google has is profound. Yeah. Uh, you know, and. Uh, However, you, whatever you think about the political climate, um, you know, some of the Eastern Bloc countries have done things where they, they have reached out and dealt with people because of things they have done in cyberspace. Mm. And, uh, you know, that we hope that America doesn't do that, um, but that's what all of our marketers do. You know, they use it yeah. more of on a positive side. And there will be people who say, yeah, I love getting good ads, you know, that, that are relevant to me. All five of those people out there? All five of those people. Yeah, shout out to those people. But, hey, you know, Google, that's how Google makes money, is they get they make money by selling your information to people who sell you things. Yeah. And they make a lot of money at it. Yeah. Um, so the question was, how do you get out of this? I don't think you can. Yeah. I really don't think you can. Uh there's just so much. Uh, it's insidious. Uh, you know, short of going and living on a, uh, a mountaintop somewhere in the wilderness with no electricity, and, uh, but then even your absence would be uh, there. You know, so it's it's. I don't know that it's easy to get out of. Well, unfortunately, this uh, podcast is labeled as a Star Trek people in the national database, so exactly. we'll be taken away. But. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your time, Paul, and appreciate it as always. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pd parisi this episode like all our episodes is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next week